You are listening to Love That Voiceover. I just got to tell you one more thing about Rebecca. The way she wears her I hair. Tell just, him. You know, I'll meet him in Lake Cuomo and that's it. No more. <laughs> he went on and on about you and I finally had to say, George, look, can we do this scene? Brought to you by voiceover artist Rebecca Michaels-Haw, also known as Love That Rebecca. Love That Voiceover brings you full-length interviews, the fresh perspective of personalities inside the industry about the art and artistry behind the mic. Oh, you beautiful, fabulous, wonderful, delicious listeners of Love That Voiceover. I'm Rebecca, and I'm here with the incredible Jim Meskimen. Hey, Jim! Hi, Rebecca. It's nice to talk to you. Hello. That's really him. He's making a voice as usual. We're talking to Jim, and he's an incredible creative talent and professional Hollywood actor for 30-some years. He's also a professional artist, uh, has been a character designer and cartoonist, and appears regularly on L.A. stages. And he's here now with us. Welcome again, Jim. Well, it's, it's very good to be back, Rebecca. I'm looking forward to this third line of discussion. <laughs> well, I hope I can impress you. I am really interested in now talking to you about the business of being an yeah. actor, being yes. a, a celebrity. In the voiceover world is what we think of you as. Well, that's very kind. Well, to be an actor also means you need to be an entrepreneur, right? And so I wanted to focus on these aspects and hear from somebody at your level on the business side of acting, you know, handling the business in acting. Um, And then we'll, of course, do the famous Love That Voiceover Rorschach quiz. Okay. (laughs) Should I shave my fingers? That's all I need to know. Well, take the wig off your fingers at least. I'll take the wig off. Take the wig off my fingers (laughs) and let's get to it. Well, yeah, I'd love to talk about the business because it's, you know, uh, I grew up in a show business family. My mother is Marion Ross of Happy Days fame. So I grew up observing what a professional actor did every day. And I realized later on that that was not an experience that everybody had. Yeah. I moved to New York to start my acting career. I moved out of L.A. and away from my comfort zone because it was a little too comfortable. Mm-hmm. I, was, I didn't have anything. And I, uh, you know, I discovered amongst my acting Good friends. Oh, yeah. I, I, well, I was, I was interested in getting started. So my acting friends that I worked with in the theater, in the improv theater in New York, Uh, I noticed that they did not, they weren't as successful as I was all the time. And I thought perhaps it had to do less with talent than with having an understanding of what the job entailed and what and how to generate that kind of work. It was almost as if it was a little bit uh, scary and weird and uh, unattainable. In their eyes, you mean? In their eyes, exactly, uh, to, to the newcomer. Because our exposure, when we're not perhaps in, in the midst of Hollywood or in the middle of a, a, a family that has a career. Right. We think our contact with Hollywood and the business is, you know, we see things, we see the finished product, which is, you know, uh, actually the result of many, many people and many, many departments putting together this amazing thing. Right. Making the actors and the actresses look great and sound great and all that, which is a little hard to confront. And uh, the other thing is the, the you know, red carpet and all the glitz and all the promotion and PR and stuff, right. which is uh, disorienting. So, you know, I grew up with the day-to-day reality of, oh, mom has an audition today. That's good. So, so she's not going to make our lunch because she's got to do her lines. Oh. And, you know, we got to, you know, just leave her alone for a while so she can learn her part. And then she's going to schlep on down to Hollywood and she's got to, you know, the traffic's going to be bad. So she's going to have to leave. 
an hour and a half early, and and then. So you understood a lot of the basics from watching yeah. your mom. Yeah, the the non glamorous kind of work a day things of being an actor, memorizing lines, you know, keeping your getting your clothes back from the dry cleaner and having some things ready, having a variety of outfits ready to audition in. How often do you send pictures? You know, what is the relationship with an agent? What do they do? And so I learned things like, you know, you can have an agent, you should have an agent, but don't depend on an agent. Right. You better go out and get the work because the agent is there to help facilitate, but they're not the person that's going to call you up like in the movies and say, I got a great part for you. They want you to pay this paratrooper. And you're going to be a superstar. And I'm going to ask for a million dollars. A million dollars. Two million dollars. That right. uh, just doesn't really happen very often. It does happen to very, very hot people. But, you know, to, for the workaday actor, uh, which I'm proud to count myself among and have for, for some time now, we're out there hustling all the time and not depending really on anybody to find us the work. we got to create it. Well, you know, I did some research on you, and I did see that that was what you were doing. And it's not easy for me to piece it together from looking at the interwebs, but I could see that you had been doing uh, some specific strategies. You have something that you put together, Seven Ways to Engage an Audience and Master Your Message. It was an ebook that you wrote and offered to help people step up and non-acting people actually in this case but it's an avenue for you um another avenue that you did is you had an entrepreneurial effort where you took the man on the street concept and offered that to uh use in commercials as a way to approach a whole advertising campaign for a retailer oh yeah i did that for a living for quite a while uh, and i that started out really as a in New York, I was auditioning, and they said, hey, we need a spokesman for our commercials who will interview people, and uh, and that started a whole line of, of, of work that I didn't even know existed, and, uh, you know, that just kind of was a door that opened, and I went through that door, <laughs> back and forth through that door for about 12 years. Yeah, I mean, but that was a really good idea, and then it turned out to be gangbusters for you. And and then you did the one-man show, which is another strategy, yeah. as well as you mentioned, using the aspect of impressions that you have a, a complete huge talent for as a way to to get other acting gigs as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, what, this is one thing I learned from my mom, because my mom, who has been acting now, she's just turned 85. She's oh. still performing. Oh, very my well, God, that's wonderful. Very, healthy, very, very in great shape. And she sends her love to everybody. And oh, the my gosh. Come. Cookies are coming. Uh, <laughs> we she love her. We love always, her. Send love back. Yeah, yeah. It's nice that everybody loves her. And she is a very lovable and amazing person, actually very inspiring. But she uh, always did, you know, when she wasn't doing a TV show, uh, even before she was uh, became, you know, kind of iconic, she um, would do plays. Right. And, you know, that's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. It's a thankless job. It doesn't usually pay anything or it pays, you know, Very just little. Enough, but it gets you seen and it is the work and it is the life of an actor. And she would get seen by casting people and opportunities would come along. And she's had a very, uh, very rewarded and rewarding life and, uh, and continues to do this sort of stuff. So I took a look at that and I, I have this, uh, you know, track that I've been on of doing these one-man shows because they're easy to put together. I can rehearse anywhere, and uh, I don't need to ask anybody's permission, and I just need a place to put it up. And I've been lucky enough to to do those shows. I've done improv shows with groups, of course, many times too. And all those things are good. So I recommend to anybody just starting out or who wants to improve their 
career or, or just develop a career is to get involved in some sort of show. Right. Any show. And now you could do a podcast, you could do YouTube videos, you know, uh, you don't have to do a live show, but, you, but it's great to be in an improv group. It's great to be in a sketch comedy group and to begin to see what is this job and to, to begin to have contact with an audience because that familiarity with an audience and what they respond to uh, will teach you a lot and often it will be the path to you know, an actual rewarding career. Right, right. Do you still audition for roles? I audition all the time. All the time. And I don't, I don't ever see it going away, to be honest. Sometimes it's a little overwhelming, but I mean, let's, let's just set aside all the super big stars that, you know, 25 or 30 people who we hear about every day. Right. And, and just take a look at, you know, just working actors, you know, guys who you went, oh, God, yeah, eight years ago, I loved that actor. I saw him in something. Well, he's still around out there somewhere doing something, you know, right. even though we forgot his name. Those people are out there uh, creating a career for themselves and in various ways. And so you just got to kind of figure out something to talk about and something to be seen in and keep challenging yourself as an artist. It is, after all, an artistic journey right so it's 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 um it's very unique and i think most actors that are successful would be doing it even if they weren't being paid because it's so part of their makeup and so close to them as individuals right that's probably why community theater is still so strong locally all over the place sure and and then look at someone like you who is not only creative in an acting manner for the voice and the impressions and the sheer acting but also an artist in his own right you paint with oil is that correct yeah you know i i uh i learned a, a traditional kind of uh, old mastery kind of technique and uh, i studied that very intensely when i was a young man because i thought that was the path that i was going to inevitably take and i learned a lot from it and uh, i also learned that i needed to do something a little more social Oh, <laughs> well, it's good that you had that insight about yourself. <laughs> yeah, it, it hit me, you know, one day and I was like, oh, my God. It was uh, the oil splot on your head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what is that on my head? We'll take a real quick break and be right back. Hello, this is Ida, and Ida loves Rebecca. Like you probably do, loving that Rebecca want to listen to the show via iTunes. Make your life easier. Hook it up through the iTunes store. Look up Love That Voiceover. Three words, Love That Voiceover. It's not so hard, is it? And then download it and put it on all your devices so when you're portable... So is Love That Voiceover. Oh, internet, it's so wonderful. (laughs) All right, let's jump back in. So what are your rules in your work or life? What kind of rules guide you? Oh, that's a good question. I guess I do have some rules. I try not to do work that is degraded or degrading. Uh, I don't like to do, I mean, there's a lot of kind of uh, jokey, make fun of people in a kind of a cruel way. I mean, not just parody. Parody can be okay in its own right. I mean, satire and parody are perfectly fine. But when they're sort of mean-spirited, I, uh, you know, I just back off. That's not my thing. Uh, I like to, I like to, you know, when I do impressions and I do my show and so forth, I, I I don't know. I don't like to really take the piss out of people, so to speak. I like to really, um, (laughs) you know, honor them a little bit. And uh, it is fun and so forth. But I'm, I'm not overtly trying to tear them down. Right. 
So that's something I think about when I, you know, when people send me projects, I look at that and I go, yeah, this is just not for me. This is, you know, like some of the uh, political shows, uh, sometimes I get reaches from them, like, can you do this? And I look at them and I go, this has just got too much of an agenda on it. I'm not that interested. Right. Because it's a lot of really kind of (laughs) nasty stuff out there these days. There is. Thing, do anything everything nothing's sacred so so that's one thing and uh, also i i try to be very prepared and i try to um you know exchange with whoever's hiring me by doing a really super good job uh you know like give them more than what they're giving me back right right it sounds good it's actually a, a, the only the only way to to run a successful career over time uh, you know, it's the opposite of, well, let's see how little I can get away with. And I've run my career that way, too. But in later years, I found that, you know, if you really deliver above and beyond what's expected, then you will stick out in the memory of those people and they will go, oh, my gosh, this guy's a team player and he's look at what he gave us, you know. And so right. I, I, I think that's a very good thing to strive for and to always be reminded and mindful of. Fantastic. So I'm going to leave that as your opinions. I mean, excuse me. I'm going to leave that as your advice. And we're going to move to the Rorschach quiz because I know we're running out of time. Okay. Let's rush (laughs) to the Rorschach. Yes. So the Rorschach, thank you so much. I mean, I just think that it's fantastic what you've been able to share. I really wanted to ask you one final question. Improv, the importance of improv in acting. Yeah. I, I I run an improv workout group online. Okay. Voiceover only, because I really like what you're talking about when you say the human voice and the ability to convey something through audio. So, uh, you know, I really tune in with that. And I I believe improv for me has been a huge thing in my own acting career because I did dinner theater, which I just Mm. adore and had so much fun with. And I just missed being able to do that because I'm in a place right now where I'm limited and cannot access that so i thought what's the best next thing or the next best thing (laughs) dyslexia and i started a workout group to do improv with voice only audio only oh that's great and i wanted to know you know obviously you have a huge improv background but but yeah i think it's important for people to hear from someone of your caliber how important improv is so what's your two cents on that (laughs) Well, I guess it's, a, you know, in my case, I think it's a very personal preference because there are there are actors that work uh, very well with just a script, you know, and don't feel very comfortable improvising. And I, on the other hand, feel much more comfortable improvising than I do uh, being handed a script. <laughs> I, I just notice that I just I can get into it very easily. And I just uh, I've done so much improv. So I, I think it's a good tool to have. For one thing, I'm sure you teach this way, too, when, when you're working with people is that the supportive aspect of improv uh, I think develops a very good habit of collaboration with other players. Yeah. So that you listen better to the other actor in the exactly. scene, and not you're not just waiting, you know, as amateurs do for oh now it's my line. You exactly, know, waiting for my turn to speak. Fast. Yeah, exactly. Because you need to listen to find out well, what am I going to say next. <laughs> and I think that that habit carries over, and so uh, also there's just a sort of a. Uh, you know, obviously with improv, it is a spontaneous moment, a a, a never been done before moment. And that illusion with scripted work is what you have to go for, right? You have to make it look like right. the better actors do. They make it look like, well, they never said this before. They never thought this thought, and they are thinking it fully now. Yeah. 
So I, I, I think it's, and then I think it's just hugely entertaining and, and, and satisfying. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think it helps. I, you know, I think you were about to say something similar to this. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it helps flex muscles that you wouldn't naturally do necessarily, especially if preparing for a scripted piece. So what it enables you to do is bring that experience you had from flexing muscles in a way you maybe wouldn't have before, and that gives you more options when you're looking at a script. I totally agree. I totally, totally agree. You become very familiar with what you can express, and then you can bring that to the fore when you're, when you're analyzing a script or something. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. So I'm in favor. Put me down for two of those. Yeah, okay. I'm in favor. Absolutely. Check, and the T-shirt is in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do the Rorschach quiz, and what it is is just quick on-your-feet answering just about gym in the moment, and it's not about anything else. You know, it's just having fun. All right? All right okay. Good. So what is your favorite color? Pomegranate. Wow, that's a food, too. I'm so impressed. <laughs> what is, who is your, favorite, um, what is your favorite wine or beer? Uh, there's no comma there, right? It's what, wine or beer. I'm uh, choosing, yeah. What do you prefer more, wine or beer? Uh, I, you know, uh, right now I wouldn't mind a beer. And uh, I do like a hearty beer. Like, I like, uh, what said it's truth, I like a good Guinness every now and then, yeah? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it's thick, you know, you can put it, it'll stand up to a Phillips head screwdriver. Exactly. I was going to say a spoon, but that's even better. <laughs> <laughs> who's, who's your favorite comedic actor? Boy, you know, the first person that came to mind was um, when George Clooney does comedy, I really enjoy him. I think he's brilliant. Yeah, that's nice. He's a little bit of a Cary Grant. He's got old star Definitely. quality to him, yeah? Definitely. I've, I've had the pleasure of working with him recently, and uh, what oh, a lovely really? guy. And I think he's terribly funny. Well, did he mention me? <laughs> he, he, he went on and on about you, and I finally had to say, George, look, can we do this scene? <laughs> Fantastic. I just got to tell you one more thing about Rebecca and... Uh, <laughs> You, you know, the way she wears her I hair. tell just, him. You know, I'll meet him in Lake Cuomo and that's it. No more. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite verbal expression? Verbal expression? This means it's not limited to words. It could be sounds, that sort of thing. Oh, oh, oh really? Because verbal seems to me, verbal seems to infer words, but I guess it could be anything audible. Audible, audible. Uh, well, when I get upset, I say, oh, you cake sniffer. <laughs> Does that fit for curse word too? Cake sniffer. Cake sniffer. Yeah. <laughs> I learned that from a series of unfortunate events, that series of books. Yeah. I mean, he snickered and he put cake sniffer in there. You cake sniffer. There was some character who would go, you cake sniffer. <laughs> I'm going to use that. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> what one thing can bring you pure joy? Oh, uh, seeing my daughter's face. Aww. That's nice. It's always kids and grandkids, too. They're just yeah, the same category. Rejuvenating about it. Yeah. You will survive. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Uh, I tell you, what, the one that's completely distinct from the one I have now is, uh, is special effect makeup artist. Oh, wow. Cool. I wanted to do that, too. Yeah, wow. I dig it. I love doing makeup. Did you do the cowboy guy that you're doing for Halloween? I did. I did. That's very nice. You guys can see that on YouTube. 
um, go to Jim's channel on YouTube, and then you can see. Did you call him the? What did you call him? The cowboy, cranky, cranky, cranky sheriff, the cranky, cranky sheriff. sheriff, cranky yeah. sheriff. Makeup was done really well. You can't even tell that it's Jim Meskimen. Yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. I, every Halloween, I like to just draw something on my face, and so, and, uh, so we learned something new that Jim's into makeup. I'm into makeup. I'm into all sorts of different fashion <laughs> accessories. Very nice to know. <laughs> And cranky sheriffs. That's interesting. Cranky sheriffs. Yes, Psychological. Hmm. <laughs> what? <laughs> speaking of which, what guilty pleasure do you let yourself indulge in? Figs. Figs. Fresh figs. Fresh figs. I I, uh, I go around my neighborhood in the um, in the summertime on my bike, and I steal the figs uh, that are in other people's hanging over other people's yards. You know, into hanging the, over the fence into, and into line the public for, area. Yeah, yeah the which public I consider area. perfectly okay. Yeah. Yeah, but I am very stealthy about it. I wait till nobody's looking, and I have fresh figs that way. That is fantastic. Fresh figs are so good. I mean, when yeah, you when you, you break them open, and then mm-hmm. it's all purple and 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 pomegranate colored on the inside. So, and pomegranate, the color of the pomegranate, but the flavor of something so sweet and beautiful. Oh, my God. I want you to just keep talking when you talk like that. Did you ever have the dilemma of having a date that wanted you to speak to them in the other voices of people you were doing impressions of? Well, my wife, uh, Tamara, who I've been married to for over 26 years now, has told me in the past. Congratulations. That that Gregory Peck was a little bit of an aphrodisiac for her. (laughs) Occasionally put on a Gregory Peck movie. If we had an evening off together, and I would, after a while, I would start to talk to her like this. <laughs> that, was, that was when Jim had ulterior motives. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Very cute. And James Mason as well. She also liked James Mason. James Mason. I can get with that. I just don't understand the Gregory Peck one, though. I'm much more for the George Clooney. <laughs> George Clooney, exactly. He's a little more uh, contemporary and sexy. <laughs> for sure. Well, Cary Grant. I'm for him, too. Yes, well, yes, Cary Grant still to this day, I think, raises a lot of interest for the opposite sex. Yes, he does. Yes. And it's a lot of fun. I mean, if you watch one of these old movies, it's absolutely impossible not to start talking like Cary Grant. <laughs> Especially for Jim Eskimen. <laughs> Especially for me, yeah. <laughs> so, on my last question of the Rorschach quiz, it's a little bit of a more serious-toned question, but what do you consider your greatest achievement? Or, if you could win any award, which one? What, is this an or? Yeah, or both. <laughs> I, I don't think I have a tremendously great achievement, uh, and I'm not interested in awards, but I would say that um, hmm, the greatest achievement, I don't know. I'm trying to find ways to... Uh, leave the world better than when I found it. And that, of course, is impossible. But one has to strive for that. And so in my life, I, you know, I'm mindful of that. What can I do to create something beautiful or inspiring uh, that's not just more noise? We've got an awful lot of noise these days. Uh, And so, uh, you know, I I don't flatter myself that I have a great achievement of any kind. But I am trying to create a life that perhaps will have an echo of, of great achievement in it. And, and in that, I wish to, to really serve, serve others and to make this place a little better place, you know? Well, I would say that that is a worthy 
goal. <laughs> and it's really nice to hear you say that. We Thank do you. have a lot going on, and and uh, and that's very impressive. And I, I think a lot of us can relate with that. Well, it sounds like that's what you've got going on too. It seems like that's your intention as well to make the world a little better place. Yeah, it really is. It absolutely is. And I want to thank you for offering such a, a wonderful chunk of your time to all of us who are going to hear you many times over. It's been a wonderful time for me personally and a big reward for me. And I just didn't even get to go into the questions that I would have loved to, but I know that we have to be sensitive to your time. So I just really appreciate it. And the audience of love that Rebecca does so much. Thank you so much, Mr. Mesh. Welcome. I'm glad to give my time. And the, the fellow at the door with the keys is saying that I have to go back to my cell. But uh, <laughs> thank you so much, Rebecca. We can talk again another time. Uh, thank you. They let me out. I think they will, won't they? Yeah, we'll let you out. No, they'll let you. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Rebecca. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening, you sexy, beautiful, adorable person. Lots of love to you. Until next time, take care.